probably I was about five years old. Um, my dad was a pastor um, in both Southern California and Texas and a few other places. And I remember my dad one Sunday um, preaching a message on a Sunday night. And I remember him saying there's there's not many things that he does that are out of routine. And I would, I sitting in the pews, you know, which we had pews, not just chairs back then. Some of you were like that you would love the comfort of a pew, but we're not going to. So, um, but the idea though is as I was sitting there, I was thinking, yeah, that's true. My dad is probably the most regimented schedule driven guy. I know, like I can tell you tomorrow morning at five thirty AM, he will be walking across his kitchen floor because he is a man of follically challenged life as I am. And he washes his head in the kitchen sink every morning at 530 AM. Why? I don't know, but that's what he does. And he does that. And then he towels off. By the time he's done, his cup of coffee is ready to go. And he walks over and he gets his cup of coffee and he'll walk back, back to the bedroom where he deposits his towel in a specific place. I mean, I could chart this for you and tell you exactly how it's going to go. And he said from the pulpit that night, he said, there's only two things that will change my schedule to the, during the day. Um, one is if my wife calls. I will always take my wife's call. Um, Cindy would really like if I would still do that, but, um, I love you, honey. We'll get there. All right. Um, the second would be as if a missionary calls and that's where I didn't really understand what he was talking about. I kind of lost it at that moment and I was little and I couldn't pay close attention, whatever. And I remember even years later asking my dad, so dad, what was it about the whole, if a missionary calls, I'll stop doing what I'm doing or I'll, I'll make exception, you know. Uh, and, and literally, I've been there at the church where a missionary would call. He's in the middle of a meeting and they would say, Pastor Chuck, they're so-and-so, they're a missionary in this place, they'd like to talk to you. And he'd say, guys, you got to hold on, I'll, I'll be right back. And he'd, he'd leave the room. And, and I said, Dad, what is that? Like, why do you do that? And he said, Jeff, if, if they're willing to pursue the call of God... And lay aside a lot of the things that I value and hold on to so deeply in order to go out and be challenged and to spread the message of Jesus Christ. Then I can take a phone call during the middle of the day. If they're willing for some of these people to sell everything they have and throw whatever most important things are in a storage unit and then head out across the world. If you're willing to take your entire family who knows only Fijian and some English and head out and say, well, they speak Spanish, so I guess we'll have to learn it. If you're willing to do that, then, then I can take a phone call. And the same thing goes as we think about when Bob calls me, usually we play phone tag a few times to get to one another. But Bob is faithful to return call and say, hey, you're one of our churches in this community. If you're willing to lead the people of Christ, I'm willing to return a call. And the same thing goes. We mutually benefit one another as we serve and honor and respect one another. Tonight, we talk about the third candle of Advent, and that's joy. And I can't think of something that invokes more joy in my heart and my life than the idea of the name of Jesus Christ going out into this community and in this world. Tonight, I just want to kind of just rest on the idea of joy. What does joy mean? What does it look like? What is, what is joy as a gift 
take on? How do we see and understand joy? Tonight, um, I, I would just say, uh, with Jesus Christ, there is one unconquerable gift that we receive. In addition to life, in addition to all these things, there is an unconquerable joy that we receive because of the gift of Jesus Christ. The Father sent His Son. And there is nothing that can conquer, nothing that can destroy, nothing that can break down the joy that receive because of that gift. I started thinking about joy and probably the way that it's most often seen is like happiness. We think of joy as like, you know, I kicked my shoes off in a fit of joy. I don't know, like this idea of like, I just have so much joy in my heart. And, you know, I think of like those, uh, the black and white movies where, you know, singing in the rain, whatever those kind of ideas, just like all of a sudden everybody starts breaking into song. Um, the, uh, a couple weeks ago, or I guess around this season, there's always like musicals on and I'm not a big like musical watching type dude. You know, I'd rather watch something a little more intense. But I will say, there's something cool about somebody feeling something so intensely that they just have to break out into song, right? Like, you're like, wow, they are so pumped up that, like, it just comes out, right? And I'm thinking, one, it's weird. Like, you don't see, like, people in Target. Like, I got the clearance item, right? Nothing uh, really. Ha- and if you do, then praise God. Like, keep doing it, you know. And, and it maybe dancing. I don't know. But this idea that joy is somehow linked to happiness. I, I also have to recognize that in my world, there's a lot of my friends. There's a lot of people around us who are just not happy. Like, happiness is like a fleeting feeling. I don't know if you guys have experienced this. But some people, I'm just not happy today. But, But does that mean you have no joy? Good question. Well, in a lot of ways, if we link only joy to happiness, then, then clearly there is, when there's a lack of happiness, there's going to be a lack of joy. But what the Lord provides in the gift of His Son is an unquenchable, unchangeable, unconquerable joy. So when it comes to happiness, there's a lot of things in our world that we don't have a choice whether we're going to be happy about that or not. There's a lot of things that happen to me that, that I don't enjoy. That I'm kind of like, oh man, this, this does, I, that I can't honestly say I'm totally pumped up and happy about, right? In a couple months, I'm going to find out my official bill for the United States tax services, right? I will not be happy, okay? And if any of you think that I will be, you're losing it, right? I don't want to give any more away. Unless it's to Dave or Bob. But, but the big picture here is there are things that come along in life that they rob us of our happiness and they break us and they hurt us. But I would contend that while happiness is more of an emotion, joy is a choice. A choice? How can that be? The Father sent the Son. 
once and for all to pay the price. And you and I have a choice every day whether we live with the joy of that gift, of that knowledge and that understanding. You and I have the choice whether every day it becomes a piece of us that that we can rest in that joy. It's a choice. We can choose to live uh, in an attitude of resentment, anger, fear, or choose to pursue the joy of Christ. And so, so what's the picture of joy in the Bible? So I put together a few of my fancy fill-ins that I figured out how to do. Um, and I just use a lot of F's all in one sentence, but there you go. Um, it, it would be this. Joy is trusting when you want to doubt. Put that on there. Look at that. Trusting when you doubt. So maybe my natural desire and inclination is that I want to doubt. Like, I, I really don't want to believe that. It's, it's choosing when the natural way would say, nah, probably not. It's saying, no, no, no. I'm going to rest in the knowledge that this is true and this is real. And we can find that in Scripture. The first place in Scripture I want us to look at is Isaiah 26, 4. And I put that in here if you'll put it up. It says, trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord Himself is the rock eternal. This is the same prophet who went through and explained like line by line, place by place, illustration by illustration, what the good name of Jesus was going to be and what it would look like when the Savior finally arrived and when He came to rescue His people. And He put in text for us to read even now. This idea that if we trust in the Lord, you have to trust in the Lord forever for the Lord Himself is the rock eternal. This God who gives and gives and gives generously is a God that enables us even in moments where we want to doubt. He gives us the ability to hope for the truth and to trust in Him. Next text that I put in here was from Luke. And we'll read it. It says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. The thing we read while the kids were here and in front of us, and as we got ready to celebrate the lighting of this joy candle, one of the things that that we understand is that Mary had received some heavy news. This was a big deal. Okay, clearly, I've said this before and, and used this as an illustration before. Like, nobody looks... At a 14-year-old girl cruising around pregnant and goes, isn't that special? Nice. Really good. Okay? Like, I need you to understand that. Like, like no guy who's getting pumped up and getting ready to marry somebody knows, that's my girl. Right down the road, like, we're going to get married. We're going to do this thing. And she comes and says, by the way, I'm pregnant. And then makes up some crazy whack story about like the Holy Spirit came upon me and gave me this child. Like, no, I've heard that one before. (laughs) I don't even know how it happened. We were just hanging out and then high fived and now I'm pregnant, right? Like, like let's understand this. And I know you've probably heard this so many, so many incredible times 
And people, some, I've, I've been accused at different points of like, Jeff, you make, you make Mary sound like so unholy. Well, it's not like people were like looking at her going, oh, you're so holy in that moment. And so, you guys understand that Joseph had to hide her, right? He had to, he had to hide her so that, that she wouldn't be in the trouble that was coming to her. And yet her response in the moment when she wanted to doubt, like, can you imagine? I just can't get it out of my head. My daughter's 13 years old. She's in there. I'm not talking about her while she's in here. An angel comes and talks to my daughter. Her response is not, oh Lord, whatever you want from me. It's no, 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 no. Daddy's going to kill me. Right? It's no, 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 no. This was not the plan. I was supposed to play travel softball in just a couple months. I was supposed to go and hang out with my friends. I was supposed to go and do... There's so many things. There's moments where, where we want to doubt. Isaiah, speaking to the people that he was speaking to, said, there's moments you're going to want to doubt, but the Lord, He is the rock eternal. And I can't help but imagine that sweet little Mary, in her moment of going, no, remembers the words of Isaiah. That He is the rock eternal. And then her words, let's go back to that scripture. May your word be fulfilled. I'm your servant. That's where joy comes from. It's in deciding to believe this is true and act accordingly. The second thing, joy is receiving what you want to reject. It's receiving what you want to reject. And can you imagine being the innkeeper in this whole story, right? I remember I, I watched a play one time because I've seen like 400,000 church plays about Christmas and Easter and reenacted a lot of them as a child. But can you imagine when the innkeeper, how he would have felt if, if the story had replayed and he's like, no, you can't stay in the stable. Are you kidding me? Like nobody stays in the stable. What if his heart hadn't been softened to make a place? I don't know. I'm taking a, a little bit of, of a, a, a literal look at the Bible, maybe. But I just, I try to put faces and real people to all this stuff. And I start thinking, like, have you ever made that decision and thought, oh my gosh, I just made the wrong decision? Happened to me today. I play fantasy football. Anyone else in here who does knows what it feels like to make the wrong decision. I put Andy Dalton as my starting quarterback over Drew Brees. Andy Dalton broke his thumb in like the first two minutes of the freaking game today. And Drew Brees just scoring points all over willy-nilly, right? It's one of those moments where you look and you're like, I was so close to doing the right thing. I was so close. And it's dumb, like it's a trivial thing to be doing fantasy football and thinking about it like that. But how many times have we done that in real life? Passing by that person and we have that, that inclination. Maybe I should say something. No, no, I don't want to offend him. Maybe I should, no, no, I don't want to do that. And, and we do that all the time. But I wonder if that innkeeper had responded in a way saying, no, I, I can't, no. No, one, dude, you're old and creepy and got her pregnant. No, right? Because Joseph was significantly older. 
Like, what if he had just decided to go judgmental on him and said, no, I, I see the situation. I don't want anything to do with this. But instead, he made a way. It's receiving when you want to reject. It's having the conversation when you want to walk away. Anybody ever played the ducking game in a store? The ducking game is, oh, God, not them again. (laughs) Suddenly, jackets become very interesting, right? Oh, look at this. This is a great price, right? We do that sometimes, but it's receiving when you want to reject. Hebrews 13.2 gave us this. It says, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some doing... For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. It's this idea that there's more going on in the world that you and I want to recognize or that we even know about. There's so much more going on. And I want to encourage you as a church that we have to receive when we want to reject. And so there's going to be people that show up to this church where they're like, oh, I don't know about this one. No, we have to go. I'm going to blow through a couple more of these. Joy is celebrating when you want to fear. What's the first thing that the angels always say when they show up? Fear not. Which makes me think that angels must be just freaking scary. Like, that's all I can imagine. Because every time an angel shows up, somebody's like, ah! Right? See, I, I scream like that when I'm at home, usually, not in public. But it's that idea that, that when, when angels show up, there's got to be something crazy taking place. But once they get past the initial fear of something enormous happening, what's the thing we see people doing almost every time? Celebrating. The news. There's something coming. There's something big. And here's what I would say to us as a church tonight. There is a lot going on in our world. A lot of things to be afraid of. I just cruised by the news the other night and they're like, here's our potential presidents. I freaked out. This is all we got right now. Like, we got to be doing somehow. It's got to get better than this. But the idea is this. I can either be fearful or I can celebrate that God is in control. That no matter what person, no matter what goofy scenario gets put in place, the Lord will always provide for His people. That no matter how broken our world is and how many debates and how many crazy things and whatever wants to happen, the Lord will always be present and will always provide and He will always be there because... 2,000 years ago, a baby was born and we understood that night that God was with us. So the application would be understanding why we can be joyful. That God wants to take care of us no matter what happens. He wants us to be cared for. He wants to walk us through the tough times. He wants to take us places that we've never gone. God wants to be God with us. 
So I'm going to end with this, and you can just fast forward to these notes. Some of you are like type A's are like, oh, there's a fill in not filled in. I just thought, how, how can we choose joy this season? And so I, I put a few things. Here's how we choose joy this season. First, be share. Invite family members and friends into your life. And when there's a lack of family members or there's brokenness among friends, find people that God would direct you to. But share. One of the tragic things that happens in our culture, in our world, is, and we were even talking about this last night, a few of us, and, and, and it's hard to watch, is, is as people get older and they kind of move on in life, there's a chance that you know, there's a loss of a spouse or something tragic happens in a family. And what we as humanity typically do is we lock up all to ourselves. We close down. Because if I close down, then nobody else can hurt me and nobody can take my memories away and nobody can steal my joy and no one can and no one can. And what we end up doing is we revert to being the people who lack joy because we're unwilling to share. This would be my encouragement to Pipeline Church and all considered tonight. Let this season, let this season be a time that you choose joy by sharing. One of the things we, we put together a, a, a party for our leaders and friends and kind of people that kind of helped get the church rolling for us. And we were sending out invitations and there's all kinds of other stuff going. And we were trying to figure out dates and times and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, Casey and Cindy and I, uh, we kind of all work together in the house, which is weird sometimes, but it works. And uh, uh, we had this conversation like, what if no one can come? Then I'm like, we're just going to send up a flare and invite the whole stinking church and just do whatever we can, right? Like, then let's celebrate. Let's, let's celebrate as a family. Let's do something. Reminds me of stories in the Bible where he says, don't judge and, and don't just enclose yourself, but open yourself up to the people that I've sent you to. Second one would be encourage Write a note to somebody who's experiencing fear or worry or, or let them know that you're praying for them and God will encourage them in the place that they need. One of the habits that I'm getting into is every morning I wake up really early um, and that's not been a habit for me for all my life. But what I like to do is just I, I sit down at my desk or in my chair at the house and, and I just say, okay, God, throw me some names. Who is it that I need to be praying for right now? And early in the morning, I try not to do it before like people are really up. But right as soon as I know, I, th- I think they're up now, I'll send those people a message. A lot of it's guys in our church that just need to be encouraged. And I say, hey, I'm praying for you this morning. I just need you to know this. I, I, I appreciate you. And, and God's doing something good. Can I pray anything specifically for you? And they'll send me back. Sometimes it's like these long things where it's like, oh my gosh, how did you know what was going on? I don't know. It's just God. We wake up and we talk and it's awesome, right? But it's that encouragement to know that you got people around you. And there's so many people in this body that do this. Cindy had us make up cards just because, and, and they have pictures of stuff from Pipeline Church where she can just write cards and send them to people and say, be encouraged, be strengthened. We love you. We care about you. Thank you for all you're doing. Part of what we need to be is a, an encouraging body of believers. How do we choose joy? We choose to inle- invest in the lives of the people around us. Kind of funny. 
My, my daughter, Riley, that I talked about, and if she gets pregnant at 13, I will really be upset, but okay, whatever, God. Okay, um, but the big p- picture here is they are doing this thing at school where they write notes, and um, they encourage people. Well, they kind of finished up with a lot of that, and she just kept going. And it's so crazy to see my daughter writing notes to people that are investing in her life that I wouldn't even think of, but they're on her mind and her heart. How do we do this as a body? That's what people need to see. They can't look at you and go, you know what, that church, they're just full of it. You know why? Because they're so encouraging. They're just way too encouraging and involving. And I cannot handle that. I've never heard that. I've heard, well, they don't know who I am. They don't even know that. Right? Okay, let me move on. Evaluate. Make an inventory of the things that bring you joy. Sometimes when your head is in the dirt, you have to start making a list of the things that are good. That bring you joy. That remind you that God's in control. So I'd encourage you to do that this Christmas season. Along with all your other stuff, don't just write your list of what you want. Socks, underwear, shoes, all that kind of stuff. You want to write down the things that bring you joy. And finally, express. Make the time and space to share a meal. Have some fun. Do something to just express your joy. One way that I express my joy. And I'm not like, I just use myself as an example because I happen to be up here. Okay? So people ask me, yesterday, we're in the store. And I'm cruising along and somebody says, how are you doing today? Well, I never let that moment pass, right? I'm like, I'm having a freaking great day. (laughs) They're like, what? Nobody has a great day during Christmas are you kidding me? Right? Especially at a store. So it's so funny for people to see and hear us where we talk about, oh man, this is, I'm having a great day. God's been so good to me. It changes conversations. It changes the way things go. You know what most people do? How are you doing? Well, we're making it. By golly, I woke up on this side of the dirt. It's a good day. Right? Well, golly, what good is that? Right? Well, at least I'm I'm breathing one more day. I'm like, okay, Eeyore, let me put your tail back on. Right? No! It was funny. Cindy and I were at the store. Again, we we don't always go to stores. But um, this gal that we were with, she was like, I've run across so many people who are not having good days. She goes, how can I... They're asking me, how are you doing so good? She was like, it's 10 o'clock and I'm at Target. That's a good life. Right? And I started thinking about it. And it took me back to a story that I'll just pass this along to you and then leave it at that. And we're going to pray together and wrap up tonight. I went to Siberia, Russia when I was a junior in high school. It was like my first big mission trip. So to go on a mission trip as your first one to Siberia, Russia, as one of the first Americans ever to be on their soil. Like they were looking at me and then my freckles on my arm totally tripped them out, right? They're like, oh my gosh, right? And they're like, you're from America? And all they've seen is stuff from movies. And, and yeah, it's crazy, crazy deal. And I remember as we were getting on the plane, getting ready to leave, it was one of those like bitter, bitter, bitter cold nights and it was like 38 below zero and we're trying to get out to the plane and there's no like you don't walk through the nice terminal thing you had to like walk on the tarmac and scary as all get out but i walked outside and all of a sudden my nose hair starts freezing that was weird that's when i started trimming but uh, anyway um but i remember the gal that had been interpreting for us all week um 
standing there and she was, she was just, you know, like thanking us for being there, thanking us for being a part. We had a great night. And I, I grabbed a thing, a chapstick out of my pants pocket and I, I put it on real quick and she was like, I could see her like watch, looking at the chapstick. And I was like, what, what's that? And you know, why? She goes, you, you just have one of those? And she's like, yeah, I have one. This is a chapstick. It's like 39 cents at the counter when you go through the grocery store. Duh, right? Like, she was like, and, and I, it started all making sense. She was like, I've never seen something like that that you can put on your lips like that other than makeup. Like, what is that? And we started talking, and I realized in that moment, you know, she just started to break down. We, I hand her the chapstick. I was like, geez, I don't even need it. I'm not kissing anybody. We're not doing anything. I mean, for crying out loud, I'm lip care. All right. And I handed it to her, and she was like, you don't understand the littlest things to you. The littlest things to you, the things that don't even mean anything to you, it's, it's your little tiny thing, means the world to me. That's why there's joy. Because heaven came down and in a moment helped us understand that God was with us. That, that the littlest act, the, the smallest thing of coming and being with us little insignificant people would change the course of everything. God with us. That's where joy is. That's where His presence is. And that's where we can rest in the season saying, there is joy. Happy or no happy, there is always joy. We thank you, God, tonight for that joy. Let's pray. Lord, I just want to thank you for your faithfulness and I thank you for your goodness and your mercy and the way that you um, encourage us as a church, the way that you've blessed us. Father, I thank you that we can start on this journey of hope and expectancy and move to a place where there's just total and utter peace and rest. And, and after that peace and that calm, there is great movement and great, great joy. As your name goes out. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness from generation to generation. I thank you that we as a church get to celebrate in a way that only a portion of of humanity on this earth gets to celebrate. And I thank you that you're reminding us every day, every minute, that it's not about our happiness. But it's for our joy. For your good name to be made great. And for us to be part of the process. Father, you are faithful and you are good and you are merciful and you are mighty and you are holy. And you are eternal and you are God with us. Thank you. So as we close this service tonight with prayer. And just proclaiming the goodness of your name. May we be reminded in a very specific way that you are with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.